Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are talking about culture. We've been talking about culture for weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, remember that we have... Wrapping it up with the last pillar. Yeah, we got four of those pillars. And they are, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast... Let's call cornerstones. No, they're pillars. They are pillars of culture. If I could sing, I'd whip out cornerstones. (laughs) The... um, the pillars, the pillars are encouragement, safe haven, relational discipline, and da-da, what's the last one, Suzanne? Unity. Unity. Um, some say that this is the best one. I don't know if it's the best one because I really love encouragement. And then listening with safe haven, I love that one. And then relational discipline, I mean, come on, how do you disciple your kids? So they're kids? all important, is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, you, you can't have a favorite. It's kind of like our children. They all exactly, want to be the favorite, but nobody exactly. can be. You can't be the favorite. But... I would say that unity is next level. It's a next level thought process when you, you mean, because you, of course you're going to, you're going to encourage your kids and your family. Of course, you're going to listen. I mean, those are easy. You're going to, you have to discipline along the way. But a lot of the times people don't, as they're raising their family, they don't think about unity. They don't think about how, to, how do we need to be unified as a family? What does that even mean? Yeah. And I think in our culture with the busyness of society, and everything going on with and and the isolation of phones and things like that it's it's harder and harder to really have a unified family yeah and, but it's super important as we're going to unpack over the next few weeks um it you know psalm 133 one says how good and pleasant it is when god's people live together in unity you know if you go to like i think it's john 15 when jesus is leaving the earth he says he says, I want us to be unified. I want yeah. I want everybody to be one. So New Testament, Old Testament, God values unity. And so we thought for a long time, we always knew that we wanted to have unity in our family. And over time, we defined it and what it meant for family to have unity. You know, there's there's a church might have unity in some ways, uh, you know, even um, maybe an organization might have unity. But we said that, that family unity um, is celebrating family uniqueness as we unite under family values. I'm going to repeat that because you need to stay with this for the next few weeks. Family unity is celebrating family uniqueness as we unite under family values. Now, there's two key phrases in there. One of them we're going to talk about today. The other one we're going to just touch on a little bit, and then we're going to talk about it next week. And that the first one is, can you guess it? Family uniqueness. We're going to celebrate family uniqueness. I mean, I didn't give you time to guess it. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it's all right, babe. The other one is as we unite under family values. So today we're going to talk about celebrating family uniqueness. And then next week we're going to talk about uniting under family values. So before we talk about uniqueness, let's maybe define values first and then we'll punt it to next week. So you want to, you want to, no, you go ahead and define values. And then I was, I was taking a breath to actually talk about unity. So yeah. go ahead and do. There do. you go. So family values are, think about this. What's important to you? A value is something that's important to you. So we unite under what's important to us as a family. 
And um, that could be many different things. Hopefully it's Jesus, for example. Um, but today we're going to talk more about the celebrating the family uniqueness. And then you want to talk about more about unity. Yeah. And so why is unity so important? So it just allows us as parents to multiply our efforts. We go from addition to multiplication instead of just me working on what I think is important in our family, our family values, the whole family's working on those values. All of us, we're all saying the same thing, doing the same thing. We all think that it's important to go to bed at a certain time or eat a good breakfast or, I mean, we'll, we'll give you some lists of different, or we'll give you some ideas of what we're talking about when we talk about, you know, being unified under our values. But first of all, the bottom line is God loves unity. And so what are some examples that God has put in our lives from, for unity? Well, I think there's, and I would even expand that a little bit and say, God loves differences that come together in unity. Yeah. So, I mean, good. he's, he's yeah, not, he doesn't just, just love it. He doesn't make, yeah. cause he could have cloned us. He could have made everything in nature the same, but he didn't think about all the differences in nature and all the different animals and all the different bugs and all the different, you know, plants and all the and things. And how they all work together. Yes, you, exactly. Yeah. And uh, sometimes they kill each other, but, 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 <laughs> but many of that, they work together, even the killing works together, even the violence yes. works together yes. for the unity. Even once something dies, it's, it's raised back. And you know what? So there's also, you think about our bodies, um, that God put all these different parts of the bodies. He could have had, you know, somehow our body could have worked and everything could be a hand or everything could be an eye, right. but it really wouldn't have been a, the best because God took all of the parts of our body and then he blended it together in unity and makes us walk and talk. Well, and, and all the systems, all the, the respiratory yeah. and the cardiovascular, all the different systems, skeletal, muscular, you know, muscular systems, all those systems working together yeah, in he, unity to make the temple, you know, our body work. Well, and he uses that same body analogy for the church. Mm-hmm. And he says, like in, in Romans 12, I think it is, he says, you know, that w- there's different parts, there's different gifts, and the gifts come together just like a body to form unity. And, and we can't have, you know, one part of the body without having the other. It's all important. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that even goes into marriage, too, which I feel like that a lot of the times marriages miss this whole idea of unity, but where the two shall become one, they shall be unified. They shall, you know, approach life together. I think that that's one of those things that I think God tells us to do, um, to work practice. Well, and it, it lets us go back. It's a great segue into, um, celebrating uniqueness because you know, so often, and Susan, and you say this all the time about marriage is that, you know, you tried to turn me into a hairy woman right? because you wanted me to be like, I wanted you, you to be a male, but I wanted you to think like me and act like me <laughs> yeah. and unload the dishwasher like me exactly. and yes, see but that you, the floor needs to be mopped like me. Yes. And I think that's a great segue back into celebrating family uniqueness is that we really don't want everyone to be that unity does not mean everybody is the same. Oh, it it so does good. not mean that the yeah. hand becomes a hand, becomes a hand, becomes a hand. And I think so often... I think that we downplay unity, though, to make it be that way. We think to be unified, we need to be the same. And I think that it, that's that's that next level thinking that we're talking about. If you could branch out a little bit with your understanding of unity and you're wanting to accomplish unity by seeing that, oh, differences are good. We say to embrace the differences, to embrace the uniqueness. Yeah, and as a Matter of fact, trying to make everybody the same is actually detrimental to your family because 
like, and that's where comparison comes in. You know, you try to say, well, so-and-so smart, this kid is smart. Why aren't you smart? You know, well, I'm not, I don't, I like art or I like something else. And you go, oh, but you need to be like this person. And we think unity means that it's the same and it's not. It means that we celebrate family uniqueness. And um, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that I just remember doing that with my, with my kids when they were little. Well, Molly did this. Well, Macy did this. Well, Mackenzie did this. Well, Madeline did this. And so, or I'll tell the boys, your sisters did this when they, and, um, and it, you can just see the defeated look on their face when we do start to compare. And instead well, of, I mean, you can say, well, blah, 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 did this, how do you want to do it? Do well, you want to do it like, like that? Or do you, you want to do it differently? It, or I see that you're good at this. Yeah. I mean, makes me think about like Molly was uh, very particular and she uh, always wanted to dress perfectly and always want, but you know, Madeline, not so much. She, she didn't care about how, as much about how she looked. She wanted to have fun and she wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, we, and we could have said, I don't remember, we probably did this a little bit, but I mean, oh, why don't you be more like Molly and, and you know, clean up your room better or, you know, or we could have said to Molly, you know, why aren't you more fun like Madeline? But instead it's like, no, we need to make them the best they can be. And that's right. really, you know, when we talk about let me kind of define it for you. So we've defined what it's not and and what it's not is, is making everyone the same. But what, what celebrating family uniqueness looks like is working together, unity, working together to bring out the best in everyone in our family Mm -hmm. working. and, And so that's another kind of side definition, working together, how you celebrate differences is you work together to bring out the best in everyone in their family, which guess what? everybody's going to be different. I mean, if you know the Enneagram, we've got nine people in our family and I think we're all nine different numbers. Is that right? Do we, do we have all, do we have we any, do not have two of the same number. We do You're not. Right. Isn't that crazy? I mean, we have, there's nine numbers and we have one, one child, one person in every number. That we know of, we haven't decided what McKay is yet. He might be a double. He's yeah. And so he might be our double. We haven't decided yet. He's so coming if, in and, as and a seven we, or a nine and we've got a seven and a nine. So we, I don't we've know. talked like the, the Myers Briggs. We've got every different personality profile. Yes, yes. Everyone yes. is different. And the, yeah. And it's, and I bet the same, I bet it's the same in your family too. You know, even, even in marriages. So Suzanne and I are probably as I don't know. You think we're as different as we can be, or do you think? No, I don't think we are. But I do think I do think that the places where it would be nice if we were similar, we're not. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think that we've got. I mean, like we were able to line up with our values pretty easily because we the things that are important. But like the things that are preferences, we you know I really really highly value beautiful things. That's like number one or two on my list of values. Don, on the other hand, that's like his number ten or twenty. I mean, it's the very the very I don't of the care list what for car him. I drive. I don't yeah. care. You know what? <laughs> he didn't care. I, but, yeah. But in so many ways, that worked out for because I didn't care if the house was clean or whatever as well. So in some ways, it, but you're right. I mean, we're if we're different as a even. And so what we talk about a lot. So let's start by talking about marriages. How do you bring unity into your home? Is you know you you we start talking about not how we make our kids the same, but we start talking together about how we bring out the best in everyone. And yeah. so, and, and part of that, it, it creates so many great discussions. Let's talk about marriage first, and we'll extend it into with the kids. But like, for example, we can say, what do you think about Macy? 
You know, what do you, where is McKinsey's best traits? What about Maddox? You know, what's he doing? And where do we think? We so you're do? talking about the marriage part, just yeah, the two of us talking about creates, the kids. Yeah, yeah. It's so many great marriage conversations when you're and the And the goal is, is that you hear the Lord together yeah. and you decide what is good for them and you call out that in the family and, and with them. So, I mean, part of the, you know, what happens with unity is you talk about celebrating the uniqueness of your children and of each other of, you know, that instead of Suzanne turning me into a hairy woman, she wants me to, she wants to make me the best man I can be. Well, and so I just remember, um, you know, looking back over the years that that was one of the biggest breakthroughs that we had in our marriage is, is valuing the uniqueness and the differences that we had. Like Don's an extrovert. And instead of me being annoyed that he was dragging me out to places because I'm an introvert, appreciating that and being grateful that he's that. And so that spills over when you see that in your, when you allow your spouse to be who God's created them to be, then that spills over into your kids as well. And you allow them to be, because a lot of the times, I mean, let's face it, we want our kids to be like us. We want them to be, if we're neat and tidy, we want them to be neat and tidy. If we're artistic, we want them to be artistic. We can't help it. It's almost like it's deep down inside our human nature is to be attracted to the things that are similar similar to us or the same as us. And so if, if that's what we're attracted to, then that's what we're going to create as we're raising our children and, and con- connecting with our spouse. And so just to, I just encourage you to release that, to be aware of that. Where are you wanting your children and or your spouse to be like you? Where are they different? And how can you see that as valuable? Yeah, I'll give you a great example in our marriage. Um, so I'm more systems. Suzanne's more relationship. And she's actually incredible at relationships. And she's, I always, I always say she's like a relationship ninja. She just knows how to read people and stuff. And, and I would like, I kept, but in that, a lot of times she would be the person maybe that uh, wasn't as organized because she's pursuing the relationships in our home with our kids, things like that. Maybe wasn't as much structure as I would have put in. And so what did I do? I wanted to help her. So I would say, honey, let me help you with these systems and let me help you do all this stuff better. And which actually made her feel rejected and, you know, and all these things that happened. But over time I started to say, and honestly, you know, there was a, and I think a lot of, 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 of couples get this way, you know, they, they kind of each feel superior to each other. If you would just do it my way, you would, it would be a lot better off and, and, and it becomes kind of a top down discussion, but then, and, or, and, or a competition. I mean, yeah. that's what I would say that our first couple decades of marriage, we were competing with each other. My way is better than your way. It's better to re- be relational. No, it's better to be organized and have systems. No, it's better to think. I mean, yeah. But wait, I got to tell why I did good. Yes. So, so then I, <laughs> tell, tell. <laughs> exactly. So I, um, I started to see, um, you know, her value in relationships. And really one of the ways I saw that was because I wasn't, I wasn't as good at it as she was. And I saw as the girls got older, we have four older girls and then three boys, but the girls were kind of distancing from me. And I was like, huh, I wonder why that is, but they're not distancing from her. And I started to realize that, man, she's really got something going there. And I I tell dads a lot of this, it doesn't go as well with moms because I'm a dad, but it says, you know, (laughs) if you'll become a student of your wife instead of your critic, you'll be amazed what you learn about family. Because once I flipped and I started to see the value of what she, I started to celebrate her uniqueness 
and celebrate the way God made her rather than trying to make her like me, all of a sudden I saw her in a whole new light. And I was able to encourage her down that path rather than try to make her into something that she wasn't. And I think that's what we do a lot with our kids. Yeah. We try to, <clears throat> instead of encourage them to be all that God wants them to be, yeah. we try to make them into something they're not. And it doesn't mean you don't want them to make good grades. It doesn't mean that you don't want them to, you know, finish the sport in the sports team or whatever it is. That doesn't mean you, you know, we don't do things well, but it does mean that we talk about what they're and we pray about and we seek uh, you know counsel even on what's what's God doing in their lives how has God created them yeah and so a great way to do that is to just take an inventory of the I call them gifts the gifts that God has put in your child do you have an artistic child or a musical child or an internal process or external processor do you have a child that's shy do you have a child that just goes and makes friends with everybody May, assess those gifts assess the gifts in your husband and see them as gifts because as soon as you can start renaming them as gifts and seeing the value in those then you're going to be interacting with your kids and your spouse at a completely different level. You're going to come through the the scope of gratefulness instead of expectation or um, unmet expectation of them not acting like you. Yeah, we can give you two more, uh, not definitions, but two words, I think, that will really help you to to play this out in your home. And that is to discover, to discover their God-given uniqueness. And then we are going to inspire their God-given uniqueness. And so first, what you're really talking about there, Suzanne, is we got to discover it. And discovery comes over time. It comes, I mean, you know, we kind of get a feeling, I mean, all our kids were different when they were younger. You know, when they were toddlers, they were all, you know, different in so many ways. And, um, and but then over time, you start to really see where, and it's just a, it's also a focus of prayer. God, I mean, some of them may be the same. Like always, my boys, I would say, you're a mighty warrior. You're a mighty man of God. You know, that would be something. But then, hey, Michael is more of, Michael is is a natural leader. You right. know, Maddox is a natural communicator and, and mm-hmm. a conversationalist. He's going to be, you know, McCade's more right and wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be, but he's going to get it done. And we know, so there's different things about each one of them that God shows you over time as you, and again, we go back to, that's the power of relationship. Right. If you don't, so many times we ask parents, well, tell me about your kid. And they've been telling them what to do so much. They don't even really know their kid. And if you get down and talk to the kid, the kid says, well, I'm interested in this. I'm interested in that. Well, what do your parents say about that? Well, they don't really know because mm-hmm. they've never really gotten to know us. And so discovery, it really is discovery. Mm-hmm. You got to do it through relationship with the kid talk about it with your marriage a lot of times guys your wives have a good handle on this but even then like we can even extend the discovery to the children you know as as it becomes things we can well, i remember we've talked about different children with other children hey what do you think is you know right. what's what's macy interested yeah. in or what's molly you know and how we that's part of how we discovered things yeah and it's so much fun it's just so much fun like we're getting to raise not really raise we're getting to have relationships with our grandchildren now and it's so fun to see like one of them just loves sports absolutely loves sports radically i mean just came out loving sports another one is so imaginative and so creative dinosaurs monsters cars I mean monster trucks and then the little girl she loves dollies and babies and nurses her babies and carries her around and I mean so they're 
they're, they're so different. They're so, so different. And what I love is how, when they interact with each other and they bring all that play together and the, the one of them is playing dinosaurs and another one is playing sports. So the sports are playing dinosaurs and then the little girls feeding the dinosaurs along the way. And so they're all interacting through all their differences. And so I just encourage you parents, as you, as you see the different things that your children are interested in, point them toward each other. You know, a lot of the times it's like, I don't have anything in common with him. I don't want to play with him. I hate dinosaurs. Okay. But you like sports. So what if your dinosaurs played basketball, you know? I mean, so how is it that we can unite our family, our kids with their differences, their uniqueness and the way, the things that they're interested in? How do we turn their interests to each other? Well, and, and how do you involve your, and can't you see how unity makes family fun? That's what Suzanne just said. It makes family fun when you are celebrating those uniquenesses. You're not trying to put everybody in a box. You're trying to discover things. And then, and the other part of it that really gets fun is you start to inspire your kids. I mean, uh, it's a whole lot more fun to be an inspiring parent than to be a lecturing, demanding parent. Okay. So how do we inspire our kids to be their best? And so what I love is when my kids branch out and they do things that are nothing that I can do, like Macy loves to lead worship. And it was, it, it was very easy to inspire her, you know, Macy, let's get you some music lessons. Let's, you know, let's play the violin. Let's play the piano because I am so unmusical. Is that even a word? I am so far from that. Or Mackenzie is artistic and she loves to, to paint and draw. And she took some, and I was like, you know, she took art classes and I, it was so easy. You're incredible. This is amazing. You're so good at this. And Molly is a writer. Molly, you write. What do you, I mean, she's the one that actually got us off our, started on our book. Yes, exactly. And so it really is a lot of fun when you start. It really is, I guess, amazing when you start seeing the uniqueness in your kids and then you inspire them into more of that and they go into more of that. Well, and inspiration is a long-term game. It's something that happens over time. Discovery is a long-term game. It's something that happens over time as well. I remember with Macy, particularly with worship, um, you know, I told her like in middle school, I said, Macy, you have a heart for worship. You have a heart for worship. You, you, I believe that you will, uh, you know, she had a good voice, you know, and you could tell she loved music. She was always playing around with music and singing and trying to record things and stuff. And I said, and could listen to a song and know the lyrics the first time she listened to the song. I mean, oh, yeah, just, absolutely just gifted amazing. beyond, yeah. just so gifted. And so, um, in high school, but she'd never really pursued it. And so, um, and we just said, you know, we didn't really force it, but, but, you know, I remember when she was a sophomore in high school. <laughs> I just remember Mackenzie took violin. And so then Macy did too, because like you said, Macy wasn't really necessarily pursuing it. And then, but Mackenzie brought, anyway, that was, that's really funny. It just made me think that she didn't really pursue it, but she loved it. Yeah. And then she, she listened to music, but then she just kind of bought in, like you said, with, yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, in this case, um, Macy was a sophomore in high school and she was playing softball and she was, you know, um, really involved in school. And she um, came down to us one day at lunch. I never will forget it. And she just said, I believe God wants me to pursue in this junior year uh, being the top 10 percent in my class and being a worship leader. And I, and I need to quit sports and I need to quit softball. And, and that's this is the focus. And we we're like, wow, that's crazy. But but we. 
we had been encouraging that, you know, for a while and then not to quit sports necessarily, but I mean, when she said it, we're like, yeah, we can, that was, you know, we can, we can go with that. And so that year she did it. She studied hard and and we got her some voice lessons and music lessons. And I remember, uh, you know, she'd done a little bit of worship before that, but I remember going to a youth event at our church, like probably March or April of that junior year after she'd been working on this for about a year. And I was absolutely blown away at what how what a worship leader she was. And it came, so just the inspiration led her to uh, do it herself. She worked on it on her own. We just su- supported it. And now she's still a worship leader today. So, I mean, that's, so the, you know, inspiration is such a cool way to parent. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to celebrate family uniqueness. Yeah. And the way we do that is we work together as a family, first as a marriage, then as a family, to bring out the best in everyone. We're not going to try to make everybody the same. We're going to celebrate their uniqueness. And then we do that through discovery and inspiration. Mm-hmm. The only thing I was going to say is that we, what we, we want to bring out the best of God's design in our children. And yeah. so when we see that our children are uniquely created, designed by God, when we see that, when we see that our spouse is uniquely designed by God, when we see that, then we it can embrace that and encourage that, like you said, inspire that, discover that. And, and then with that, how do we turn that toward each other? And I just ended with, doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah. I mean, and that, that creates amazing conversations with your kids. It, may, it creates amazing conversations with your spouse. Um, and it just releases us so much from trying to get people to do things our way to, to collectively, we figure out how to do things God's way. And, and that's what unity is all about. It's, it's following God. Next week, we're going to talk about the second part of that definition as we unite under family values. And you're going to want to be there for that because it, it's the, it's the, it really is the important second part of unity. And uh, it's going to be really good. So come back next week. In the meantime, um, remember that we are celebrating family uniqueness as we unite under family values, that God loves unity. And we want to see you pursue that in your home. So go be crazy with unity this week. CrazyCoolFamily.com.